This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Welcome to another edition of a Total Degenerate podcast. I am your host, Michael Ellison. We're back, baby. I know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. Everybody's missed us. I've gotten phone calls, emails, text messages. Everybody's been like, where's the podcast, Mike? What happened? I'm like, you know, listen, sometimes life gets in the way. I'm a really busy man. Uh, you know, I'm just, I can't help it. You know, I'm. it's football season. It's my busy season. And things have gotten a little, little, uh, hard to uh navigate but we are gonna be doing this thing we're gonna be on a little bit of a different recording schedule episodes normally been coming out on tuesdays we are now gonna be putting them out on wednesdays give me a different day to record so that way i'm not dealing with the bullshit like the bullshit of the dog barking his face off because she hears me talking. My landlord has gotten a dog and I love the dog. All right. I don't blame the dog for being a dog. I'm gonna I'm gonna blame my landlord for I, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm gonna blame the landlord for. But he's been weird about the dog. He he wanted to introduce me to the dog. And I had to like go through, it was like a very ceremonious um, experience to get to meet uh, the young princess Nala, who is adorable. She's an adorable little pup. She's sweet as can be. But it was a bizarre process. I'm just going to put it to you that way. He like made me come to the front door. I had to walk in. I had to bend the knee. I've been watching a lot of House of Dragons, so I had to bend the knee. I had to show the respect to Princess Nala that all princesses deserve. You know, I had to make sure that the royal dog was willing to meet me. And at her leisure, I was then allowed to pet her. I was allowed to interact with her like a normal dog. Is a very strange experience. And then I had to exit through a different door so that the princess could know where I live. I'm I'm not quite sure that (laughs) I don't think that dogs are dumb animals. I want to make that clear. They're very smart. They're very loving. I love dogs. But the idea that by walking through one door into another door somehow gave the, I mean, unless it's the most intelligent dog that's ever lived. That could be the case. It's probably not. But (laughs) for some reason, I highly doubt the dog knows that I'm on the other side of the wall right now yelling into a microphone. Strange, strange thing. It's been a very odd experience. Like even the dog 
We're watching football here the other day. The dog goes out in the backyard and the dog sees another dog. So what do dogs do when they see other dogs? They jump up and down. They bark. They get excited. They want to make a new friend. You know what I mean? She just wants another friend. The dog is friendly as fuck. You know, she's not a killer. She's not trying. She doesn't need to be exiled from the rest of society. She's just a, a pooch that wants a pal. So, you know, now the dogs, they they go to the fence. They're sniffing at each other. They're jumping around a little bit. They're excited. They're not like mad at each other. They're not trying to kill each other. I can understand if you thought the dogs were going to fucking rage and it was going to turn into like, you know, some sort of fucking event at Michael Vick's house. I could understand not wanting that to happen. I'm right there with you. I don't want to watch dogs fight and hurt each other. Of course not. But that wasn't what was happening. They were just being dogs. Dogs are going to be dogs sometimes. You know what I mean? That's it. Um, that's, that's an intelligent take right there. That's what you get. A three-week hiatus and I come back with hard, hard takes like, Dogs are going to be dogs sometimes. Well, thanks for that insight, you fucking moron. Anyway, yeah, very, I I don't know how to describe it better than that. It's just been a very bizarre introductory experience into this dog, into my life. But overall, she's a good pooch. And we tried to get her to pick us winners on Sunday. We, what we did was, we we picked like a game we didn't really we didn't really know what we wanted to do with Browns Falcons right, so we're like all right wh- who how do we pick this game and I'm like grab two dog treats, put one in each hand, and let Nala pick a hand, whatever hand she goes for. That's you know what I mean. We we decide okay, so the begging strip is the Falcons. The other, uh, no, I think it was the begging strip was the Browns. And then the other type of dog treat they had was the Falcons. I forget what kind of dog treat it was. But we made her pick. Uh, she picked the Browns like a loser. But hey, what are you going to do? She's new to this picking games thing. It's all good. You know, I've made bets for dumber reasons other than the, the, you know, a dog picking what kind of treat it likes. So, hey, what, what are you going to do? But, you know, I mean, she's 0-1. That's, that, w- that does need to be accounted for. So far, the dog, Princess Nala, is 0-1 picking games against the spread. She hasn't quite learned uh, the nuances of handicapping football yet. I mean, kind of shame on her. She's, I mean, in this house, she's going to have to do better than that. She's going to have to get, you know, she's going to have to start picking some winners or uh, she's sleeping in the shed. And that won't be me making that decision. I'm not saying I would put the dog in the shed, but I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of money flying around over here. And if you're going to be picking losers... You know, you're going to be outcast. It's going to, you're going to be mush. We're going to put you in the bathroom. 
But yeah, it was a fun, fun weekend. Um, I'll get it more into football in a few minutes. I, uh, I had written something though about the beginning of football season and I'd like to read it with the audience. Uh, if you so, if you would allow me, actually, you, you don't have a choice but to allow me because I record this and then you listen to it. So that's how that works in case you didn't know. Um, so yeah, uh, without further ado, uh, my written piece on the beginning of football season. The cool fall breeze hits you in the face while you walk inside your local coffee spot to get that first pumpkin spiced beverage of the season. As you drive down the highway to work, you come across one of those spirit of Halloween stores that somehow turns a profit. And as you enter the office to begin another day of the grind, the conversation around the water coolers is no longer about the baseball pennant races or your favorite restaurant to eat at down on the water. The fall is here, and it's the greatest time of year. It's better than your birthday, Christmas, and Fourth of July all combined into one. It's better than spending time with a loved one on a boardwalk eating ice cream. It's better than the laughter of children as they run around a playground. It's better than spending another Sunday at your kid's boring soccer game where nobody on the field really cares or has any talent. They're all just really waiting for that pizza party at the end of the season. It's better than focusing hard on your craft and really accomplishing something. Anything of merit, really. It's the Holy Grail. It's our country's passion. And to say otherwise should be an act of treason. It's football season. And this is what football season means to me. It means a new chance to convince myself that the Jets aren't going to suck shit. What football season means to me is getting a lot of snack foods and basically turning them into a meal. Nothing better than a charcuterie board. Football season means to me is listening to people that can't hold a job down at Walmart describe the difference between a 3-4 and a 4-3 defense. What football season means to me is pounding your chest every time your fantasy team gets a, a positive play and acting like it's something that you've accomplished. Football season means to me uh, telling yourself that you'll never bet on a certain team again only to find out that next week they're getting a full seven at home and quite frankly, that's just disrespectful. What football season means to me is watching head coaches make absolutely asinine decisions from the sideline that you and your drunk friends from the couch can figure out are not the right calls. What football season means to me is calling millionaires and billionaires losers despite the fact that there's high evidence to the contrary. What football season means to me is screaming, you got to catch that! while you're a dozen wings and half a dozen Bud Lights deep from a bar stool. What football season means to me is pounding beers and starting chants at nine in the morning in a dirty parking lot in New Jersey before a Jets game. What football season means to me is convincing yourself that a 10-team money line parlay 
can't lose every single week for 18 weeks. What football season means to me is ignoring anybody that wants to interrupt 12 hours of degenerate uh, fun every Sunday and only embracing those who understand how important it truly is. This includes family, uh, even your children. As a matter of fact, especially your children. So, in closing, welcome back, football. Thank you for providing the highly necessary distraction that keeps us from wanting to blow our brains out from all of the bullshit and headaches that life has to offer. And, you know, ultimately, this is the year. This is the year that I come out on top because I just feel it in my bones. That's what football season means to me. I thought that was a wonderful little piece I did right there. You know? So I wrote that a while ago, and I've been meaning to put that out. But hey, you know, uh, things happen. You know, like I said, it's the busy season. My phone does not stop ringing on fucking Sundays, like all day long. Everybody and their mother wants to talk to me during this time of the year. Because I guess I'm, it's not even like I'm the football guru or something. I don't know. I don't even understand it. I'm not that bright, but I guess just because I'm obsessed with it, everybody wants to hear what I have to say. So yeah, it's busy, um, but we're back and I'm excited. Welcome back football. I don't know where this trend has started, but I've seen a lot of it going on. Um, and it's particularly amongst the ladies, I'll be honest. It's a it's it's typically a woman thing to do. I definitely a matter of fact, it's it's only a woman a woman thing to do. Cause you, no way would any if if a guy suggested this to his group of friends. He wouldn't have friends anymore. They'd probably beat the shit out of him and leave him on the side of the road. Um, and basically, what I'm talking about here is uh, this weird thing that women have been doing at bachelorettes now, where they uh, get like cardboard cutouts of their soon-to-be husband, and they bring the cardboard cutout out with them. While they go out to like bars and I don't know, try to like suck off dudes and whatever they do. I don't know what girls do at bachelorettes, so maybe you're not trying to blow guys. I, I I'm guessing maybe that's not the case. Some of them probably. There's definitely a couple of du- girls that they go on those bachelor. Hey, if guys are doing it, I'm just saying we're all the same. We all want sex, and booze will make us fucking animals. So regardless of, you know, gender. So, hey, some ladies are out there and they're, they're on the prowl for some dicking. Um, and that's fine. But I'm tired of seeing the, the cardboard cutouts uh, at these bachelorettes. It's a weird, it's weird. Can I just say that? It's weird. And then they have like the ones where it's just their face and then they use them, they cover up their face. Hey, look. I'm your husband to be. Too many people doing this shit. It's 
it's not funny anymore. That's part of it too, is that the joke is dead. It hasn't been funny for a while. It's like a little more funny inappropriate if it's done in a situation where it's like somebody was supposed to go on the trip and for whatever reason they couldn't go. I can understand that a little more. But like just in general, just making big cardboard cutouts to carry or it seem it's just like intrusive to carry around. It's big, it's bulky. And then they take a thousand fucking pictures with it. Here's 75 pictures of me standing with the cardboard cutout of a person that's actually real that I'm going to marry. But I brought this cardboard cutout to remind me that I'm going to marry this guy. It's a very strange thing to me and I'm tired of seeing it. I just think that you're better than this, ladies. That's all I'm saying. I think there's got to be a more creative, fun thing to do for a bachelorette other than bring a gigantic cardboard cutout of somebody down to Nashville and walk around in cowboy boots all night. I don't know. That's maybe I'm maybe I'm just a stick in the mud these days, but that just it just seems like a very uh bizarre activity to be involved with. And I, I know for if I were at one of these events where any any event, really, not anything, and there was somebody who was like, hey, I brought a cardboard cutout of Jim. You want to hold him? I'd be like, no. Fuck Jim. He's not here. Throw that thing out. I'm not carrying that shit around with me all night. Who gives a fuck? Why do we need to carry around a cardboard cutout of somebody we know into public, too? So everybody else around us can be like, oh, look, th- those are the morons. Look at those idiots. They're walking around with a cardboard cutout of their friend. Like, it really does just kind of put a symbol on your back for moron. That's really what it does. Nobody's looking at you going, oh, that's, that's, that's that's so hilarious. And if they are, they're stupid too. They don't have a, um, intellectual grasp of humor whatsoever. They just go, yeah, I see what you did there. Cause it looks like he's there now, but they're not there. I get it. <laughs> that's so funny. Cause then it's like, cause it's the thing. It's his whole body. It looks like he's there, but they're not there. <laughs> Stupid. And then they got the fucking face mask ones. And it just like cover. Oh, look, I look like him now too. Stop this shit. The rest of the world already hates us enough. Do we really need to be walking around with cardboard cutouts from bar to bar? Enough. In terms of exciting um, personal news, I uh, officially became the godfather. The Godfather, hey Don, the Godfather. I'm, I've been working on this all week. This is I've actually been trying that. I just wanna to do that. But now I'm the Godfather of my uh, niece Mary. 
It's an absolute honor to be her godfather. I'm the guy, you, you understand, you come to me. I'm the godfather. All right, that's terrible. I promise I won't do it anymore, except I'll do it 10 more times. You know, you understand, you got to make it a better impression. You, you Marlon Brando's terrible. Mike, you, you're a disgrace. I know, I am. It is a disgrace. It's just really like a mumbled whisper. It's not even really an impression. <laughs> That's what I might as well be doing. Just making noise into the microphone and not actually saying words. <laughs> Godfather. No, I am the Godfather, though. And, uh, you know, it was a, a very nice ceremony. Uh, my sister, my sister's got this like, um, she's got this lady on like speed dial because she's playing it. My sister's like, I'm going to have 57 kids. So I might as well, you know, get this lady on call. So she's, uh, she's like a non-denominational reverend. I think is the, the exact terminology. She doesn't really, um, adhere to any one religion she's all over the map she's just she's kind of like hey listen you believe in god that's great you don't believe in god that's also kind of great you know it's fine do you like she's she's cool like that i like the lady she brings her ipad she comes out she's got and she's got it down pat she's got it to a science she knows how to hold the room's attention I was thinking about it. I was watching her and I'm like, she's got a good cadence. She's got a good rhythm. Uh, you know, her jokes, they, they they were soft, but they landed all right. You know, you got the chuckle you were looking for. You know, obviously she's not doing a lot of uh, hard-hitting risque material at uh, a child's baptism or I believe it, it's not really a baptism because it's more of just like a, I guess it's like a blessing thing, but I mean, it's like the same thing. You dump some water on the kid's head. You say nice words about love and caring and protecting and nurturing and, you know, all that good stuff. And, you know, uh, yeah. Then we ate some food. Well, actually, I didn't get to eat food. I had to go back to work. But there was food. There was a party. You know, that's really it. And right, and you could do it like everybody had a cocktail. You know, there was people having beers and eating popcorn. Like, that's so much better than being crammed up in a church. It's a better way of going about it, especially if you're going to have, like, 40 kids like my sister's planning to. You know, you got to be able to bang these out because, I mean, by the, you know, we're only on the second, and it's okay, but by the fucking by the 12th, we're going to be, we're going to be done. You know what I mean? We're going to be like, oh, she better not be dragging this bitch out. And then, you know, like, when I say this bitch, I mean dragging like the, the, this situation, this ceremony out. But then this lady shows up and we all breathe a sigh of relief. All right. She knows what to do. She's going to get us in there. She's going to get us out of there. She's going to say all the right things. She'll put a little, do a little blessy bless. Hey, God, look after this baby, which is really all you want, right? I mean, I'm not exactly sure if there is a higher power, if there isn't a higher power, but if there is one, we want them to look out for the babies that we care about, right? So, yeah, a little, hey, help us out, Jesus. 
And then now you can have your chicken franchise. Uh, it was a very pleasant afternoon, and it was a very pleasant experience. Getting on the Godfather now. You come to me, Mary, you need a pretty good problem. You come talk to me, I'm your Godfather, you understand? I'm running the show. That was a little better. Not great still, but... <laughs> I certainly didn't want to say anything negative uh, about... The experience. No, it really wasn't a negative experience. It was fine. It was great. And I feel like I have power now. I don't know what power I have. I, I really don't have any. I basically poured sand into a, a little thing. That that Yeah, I thought it was supposed to be candles, but apparently we used sand. They got me green sand for the jet, so I poured the sand. That was appropriate. I felt getting the Jets colors in there. But yeah, Mary's great. And, uh, you know, I'm the Godfather. Ugh. Enough of that impression. Here's some uh, very sad NFL news. You know, not everything on here is a joke, just so you know. All right? I want to make that clear. That I am human and I understand the human condition. And, um, you know, things, uh, when you hear certain stories, they, they, they make you a little sad inside, you know? Um, and it's not a joking matter. It's, you know, it's not a joking matter. You can't just, um, crack jokes at, uh, other people's expense all the time. It's not right. It's not. And I'm seeing a lot of that right now regarding this story. And I, you know, I'm the, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to talk about this story. And of course I will not be, uh, making any type of humorous statements because it's not, it's not funny. It's not funny what is going on. And that of course is, um, uh, Giselle and Tom Brady are calling it quits. Everybody's favorite couple. Uh, they have hired divorce attorneys. The lawyers are getting involved. Very sad thing, you know. I mean, they have children. And, you know, uh, Tom Brady is uh, obviously... Uh, not been uh, one of my favorite athletes. Uh, I think I've taken a couple of shots at him over the years. Um, does kind of look like he got some sort of plastic surgery. He looks like an alien. Like I saw him. I forget what post-game interview it was. He was standing at the podium and I'm like, this motherfucker kind of looks like an alien. Like, there's something, there was something going on there. There was a reason he didn't show up to training camp. And that's because he had some doctors, like, doing some sort of fucking skin tuck shit. He was on some nip tuck fucking bullshit there. But, of course, um, his now looming divorce 
that seems to be all brought on by the fact that he came back to play football. And, I mean, boy, does he look like he's having fun. It's a sad story. There's nothing funny. Hey, think about poor Tom and his kids, the ones that he makes out with. I I feel for them. Their home life is now going to be drastically different. They're only they're going to have two different mansions and you know they're they're going to have to um sometimes they're going to have to take the Mercedes to school, sometimes they're going to have to take the 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 Land Rover. You know, I mean these kids you know, it's just a stereotypical American story of divorce. It's very sad. That's like Trump. Very sad. It was very sad. All right. But, you know, it's a sad story. And you shouldn't make fun of it. Why would you ever make fun of two millionaires getting divorced because they both wanted to continue to make millions of dollars. There's nothing to make fun of. It's a serious thing. And I, for one, am not going to lower myself to taking shots at a guy who kind of looks like a porcelain doll and his beautiful wife, that's now soon to be his ex, You know, I mean, sometimes you just don't get along on things. Sometimes you look at your wife and you go, you know what? This isn't where I want to be. I want to go back to the NFL and lose nine games with the Bucks and hang out with Todd Bowles as my head coach. And that's more important than my family. Honestly, I guess in some ways, I almost have to respect Tom on this one. Considering I, you know, I did my little spiel before about what football means to me. And part of what football means to me is abandoning your family and all those responsibilities. Unless, of course, they're simpatico on watching football all the time. Then... You know, sometimes you just have to ignore them. Sometimes you have to put them on the back burner because what's more important is uh, watching a game or in this case, playing a game. So I kind of actually, I think I'm on Tom's side a little bit on this one. Football is like the greatest shit ever. So why not destroy your whole family for it? What's the big deal? Poor kids, you know? I mean, they're going to have to learn two different butlers' names. I mean, how many... Right, I mean, is it going to be the same maid that cleans their rooms? I don't know. That's going to throw things off for them. Two different bedrooms and, you know, like... You're going to have to learn two different names. It's like, okay, it's Marie. 
over at mom's house. And then there's Gertrude over at dad's. And, you know, Gertrude is nice and all, but she she doesn't make the bed the way Marie makes the bed. And I personally like the way Marie tucked the sheet underneath and kept the bed nice and tucked. You know, uh, she, Marie fluffed the pillows a certain way. Gertrude doesn't put that extra effort in. And, you know, I mean, I asked for a, a PB&J the other day and Gertrude, you know, she went very skimpy on the peanut butter. It was basically like a jelly sandwich. And I like a lot of peanut butter and I, I prefer the, um, the smooth peanut butter, not the crunchy. I don't really like the nuts in the sandwich. You know, I mean, that's that's what this these kids' future is looking like, you know? And who couldn't feel bad for them? They're the real victims here. <laughs> so, you know, hey, let's just take a moment to recognize how there's nothing funny about Tom the porcelain doll Brady's pending divorce there's nothing funny about uh plastic surgery even though it looks like he got a bunch hey whatever I mean I guess he's got to he's he's back out there on the market he's 57 and he's got to get out there and look good for the ladies And I mean, I don't know. I'm just very, I'm very upset about how publicized this story's gotten. And I just, I needed to vent. In closing, um, wrapping it up here soon, but I needed to get a little, I got to pound my chest a little bit about my Jets. Uh, Nice win on Sunday. It's good to have Zach back. You never win that game if Joe Flacco, the old fart, is in at quarterback. I mean, everybody complains about senile Joe Biden, and I will push back and say the Joe that's bothering me, that's old and decrepit and has no clue what's going on around him, is Joe Flacco. I cannot watch Joe Flacco play football anymore. Nobody should have to be subjected to watching Joe Flacco play football anymore. Having him on your team at this point is a nightmare waiting to happen. He is no longer even a backup quarterback. He is just a washed up quarterback. I'm sure Joe Flacco's a nice guy. That's I mean people are oh well he seems like he's a really nice guy. I, I don't care about nice guys when it comes to playing for my football team. I want winners. I want guys who are capable of winning. And they won that game on Sunday because Zach Wilson actually can uh, move. You know what I mean? That's part of uh, athletic events, not just football, but like any type of athletic endeavor uh, requires your body to be able to move. And uh, Joe Flacco is a statue. He's a archaic statue that uh, I certainly feel like should be taken down. You know what I mean? Like people get all 
up in arms about like you know uh some fucking civil war fucking slave owning general statue down in down in the south and they say it's got to get taken down i say joe flacco needed to be taken down and fortunately his statue has been taken down and put back to the bench where he belongs and let him get his money there because he is unwatchable and fortunately Zach is back Zach made uh I would say he had one really 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 bad throw in the game that was the pick right before halftime where the Jets were driving could have been up at least 13 to 3 and instead we go back into half because of the pick uh still up but it was only 10 to 6 could have had a 10 point lead now it's a four point lead six point swing on that play uh very frustrating uh, but overall, Zach settled in and played a pretty solid game. He was lights out in that fourth quarter with uh, those two drives on the must-score touchdown drives down the stretch there, converting on the fourth and seven to Corey Davis. Corey Davis actually showing up for the Jets, showing a little heart. Uh, this guy looked like a fucking washed-up has-been last year. Now he's making plays. Uh good to see you know I mean he's the veteran wide receiver on the team it's about time that he he acted like it and showed it so that's great uh defense made some you know the defense four interceptions gotta love that so yeah I'm very happy with where the Jets are at and now I get to play like real delusional life here I get to really do what's Thought to be unheard of as a Jets fan in a while. And I get to dream big. And my big dream is, is that somehow they could beat the Dolphins this coming weekend. They are a three-point home dog to the Dolphins with Teddy Bridgewater, which makes sense. It makes sense. The Dolphins roster is still better than the Jets. So I understand. The line is fine. I, I get it. And it's not a game I'm looking to bet into. I'll get into those in a moment. But simply, I'm just saying that, like, you needed to um, it, uh, you needed to win that game, get to 2-2, two and two, and now you come home with a chance against uh, a not a little banged-up Miami Dolphin team. They're gonna, I mean, you're missing their starting quarterback, who up until he got hurt was playing pretty fucking well. I'm not uh, one of these two and on guys who's like a fucking two a truther. Yes, there is a group. For those that aren't aware, there is a group called two and on who are just two believers. I am not into two and on at all, but you got to hand it to the guy. He's played well right up until the point where the Dolphins shoved him back into a game where he was clearly, clearly concussed. I mean, that was just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, that he almost collapses on the field, and then they bring him in the back, and they're like, throw some dirt on it, and get the fuck back out there and win a game against Buffalo, and he wins a game against Buffalo, and you would have thought that would have been enough. You would have thought it was bad enough that you put the guy back into the game where he clearly looked like he was concussed, and came out, he got you the win, he didn't get fucking murdered on the field, thankfully. And then four days later, when you're playing on Thursday Night Football, you would have thought Tua was not going to play that game. 
everything in my mind said, all right, there's no way they're going to put Tua out there on the field because, I mean, he also had an ankle injury. He had a, a back injury. That was the thing they were claiming, too. It wasn't a concussion. It was his back, which is still, like, bad. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a fucked up back and you're playing a game where you're going to get tackled and thrown down onto your back, probably not great. And, you know, uh, broken vertebrae can lead to uh, paralysis. So, you know, again, uh, maybe not as important as the brain, but uh, pretty important, you know, to not allow a back injury to uh, go out of control. But nevertheless, the Miami Dolphins do not care about his health. They they, they also, I mean, the league doesn't really care about his health. Let's be fair here. Everybody's blaming the Dolphins this, the Dolphins that. There is a, a supposed to be an independent uh, neurological consultant on the sideline, a unbiased, not related to the team, hired by the league to basically tell players, yeah, I know you want to go out there because you think you're tough as nails. Um, you're risking your fucking life and you're risking your uh, ability to like think ever again by going out on that field right now. So no, you're not going out. You're not allowed back in the game and get the fuck out of here. I love football as much as the next guy. I like big hits. I like fucking... The contact, I, I'm, I enjoy the violence of it, I guess you would say. But I don't want to see fucking dudes end up like Junior Seau and, you know, all that shit. So the Tooth stuff really did bother me a lot. But um, I just went on a whole fucking tangent there. But nevertheless, two is not going to play against the Jets on Sunday. It's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, Teddy B., Teddy covers, I got to give him credit, he has covered a lot of games in the past. Hopefully he does not cover this Sunday. Hopefully he fails miserably. Hopefully he throws five interceptions to the Jets and the Jets can find a way to win. And then uh, I am going to Lambeau Field two weeks, less than two weeks away at this point. I'm going to Lambeau week six and I'm dreaming big that the Jets are going to be three and two. When I go to that game, the Jets are going to be three and two marching into fucking Aaron Rodgers, house. And he, he might not be vaccinated. We're going to give him the fucking, we'll give him some vaccine. We'll fucking pump him full of, I don't even know what that, what am I saying? We're going to pump him full of vaccine. We're going to vaccinate him. I don't, I just want to kick the shit out of him in a football game. That's really all I want to do. I don't want to, by the way, not me personally, the team that I root for. I'll I'll be drunk on in the stands watching. But <laughs> nevertheless, that's the big dream right now. Uh, having above 500 record going into a big game against the Green Bay Packers. Give me that. Give me that, please. I beg of you, football gods. But anyway, I would like to wrap this week up with a... I want to give out some winners. I want to start giving out some picks here on the podcast each week. I'm not going to go through every fucking game because that's ridiculous. I just... I picked three out that stand out to me right now early in the week. Probably going to bet all three of these. Uh, For those that aren't aware of the way I like to pick NFL games, 
I do not pick uh, favorites for the most part. Uh, occasionally I do, but for the most part, I like to pick underdogs and I like to take the ugliest of ugly underdogs. I am not a, a fan of betting with the public. I like to go against the grain. So with that being said, let's wrap this bitch up with a three-pack of picks, shall we? Okay, starting off, 1 o'clock Sunday, the Jacksonville Jaguars are at home. They are laying seven points to the Houston Texans over under 44 and a half. I don't, I'm not touching the total. I want nothing to do with that. Uh, Jacksonville uh, has, a, uh, has a couple blowouts under their belt. Everybody's starting to believe in Trevor Lawrence this, Trevor Lawrence that. Um, yeah, they stink, and they have no business laying seven to anybody. Uh, Houston's going to cover that number. Houston also stinks, but when you're giving me a full touchdown with a shitty team against another shitty team, I'm going to take the fucking touchdown. Give me the Houston Texans plus seven. Loser bowl. It's the losers against the losers. And the one problem right now is the one loser team is being treated like they're a winning team and they're not. They stink. Screw Jacksonville. They will not cover that number. They might win, but they're not going to cover that number. Give me the Texans. Next game, back to uh, going back-to-back. Lose. I mean, all these picks are real ugly. The Tennessee Titans are two-and-a-half-point road favorites at the Washington football team. I refuse to call them the commanders. They are a football team to me. They should have never changed from football team. It was the greatest team name ever put together. I am disgusted that they changed the team name. But nevertheless, uh, the Commanders are getting two and a half at home. Tennessee is uh, coming off a win at... uh, Yeah, I think they were at home. Or were they on the road? I think they were on the road, actually. Yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee's coming off a road win at Indianapolis. Uh, That was a good win for them. Uh, Washington, who did they lose to last week? Because they lose every week. Oh, they got the shit kicked out of them by Dallas. So Washington couldn't look worse. Tennessee's actually peeled off two wins in a row after starting 0-2. People are starting to feel that Tennessee's coming together. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, they don't have the receivers anymore, but hey, it's fine. We're going to be okay. The Tennessee Titans only laying two and a half on the road. They should be able to take care of business. No, they won't. Carson Wentz and the Washington uh, football team are going to beat them. Give me football team plus the two and a half. Hopefully it moves to three. I haven't bet it yet. If you can get a full three, even better. Probably is not going to happen, though. I also wouldn't mind taking uh, Washington on the money line. Plus 120. Ugly dogs here. Ugly dogs. But I think Washington wins this game outright. This is a very winnable game. This is a must-win game for them. They have to win this game. And Tennessee has not shown me anything to make me a believer. They're, they beat garbage. Honestly, they they won. They, who did they beat? The Raiders and the Colts. They suck too. It's all sucky teams. These, these are all suck shit games. But hey, give me the suck shit team getting two and a half at home. I like Washington football team. And finally, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I've been stomping motherfuckers I have Jalen Hurts in several fantasy leagues I believed in the Eagles from the minute of the beginning of this season I knew they were going to be good this year I knew they had a soft schedule 
I know they could peel off a bunch of wins. Their division sucks. Every team in the division basically sucks. Um, They look really good. They look unstoppable. And the Arizona Cardinals look pretty stoppable. Uh, Kyler Murray is more concerned about playing video games than he is uh, playing football, it seems. But for some reason, this line is below a touchdown. It's only, currently, it's only five. It's five. I saw six the other day, and it's come down a little bit, which is shocking to me because definitely the public's going to be on Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a covering machine. They are a fairly short road favorite. The below, you know, below a touchdown. That is a public spot to bet. Everyone's going to want to bet Philadelphia in this game. And Philly might win, but they are not going to cover this number. Give me Arizona plus the five. Hopefully you can get even moves back up, maybe five and a half, maybe six. But five's kind of a dead number in the NFL. Key numbers, three, four, six, seven. Five's a dead number, but whatever, it's fine. I'm getting more than a field goal with Arizona. I like it. I will take the Cardinals at home. So those are my three picks. The ugliest dogs in the world. The Texans plus seven on the road at the Jagu- at the overrated Jaguars. Uh, Washington football team at home getting two and a half against the overrated Tennessee Titans. And Arizona at home getting five against not an overrated, a very good Eagles team that is due to have a regression, they're due to have a bit of a stinker, a letdown. And that's my three-pack of picks for this week. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be back. We'll be doing this every week. Wednesdays, they come out. Check them out. Thank you, as always. Subscribe, rate, review, do all that. And I'll talk to you next week.